following podcast brought to you by MassInSports.com, your home for Orioles and Nationals baseball. Hey, O's fans, welcome to the latest edition of Yard Work alongside Steve Molesky. I'm Brian Eller. Steve, happy Friday, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, Brian. Good. Doing good. Good, good. Uh, Orioles are back home, uh, home stand against the Blue Jays after uh, four on the road in Toronto and three in Boston. Uh, just a little weekly recap. Um, Orioles went one and three against Toronto and took two out of three from Boston. So again, as the season has gone and up and down uh, trip there, they're currently lead the American League East by one game over Boston. Blue Jays are two behind. Um, Steve, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but it seems like uh, the homers continue to, to leave the ballpark and the pitching staff continues to kind of leave with question marks. It, it They've kind of fallen into a pattern where Three out of the four nights, you know, the pessimists are very easy to sit there and say, oh, you know, there's a, a starter really struggles and either the bullpen has to do a long stretch or maybe the offense has to step into gear. And then once every three to four nights, the starter will come out and pitch a gem. And then the, the optimist will kind of sit there and say, oh, hey, you know what? Oh, that's that's the talent. That's the reason he's on this this rotation. Um, so obviously Tyler Wilson, the most recent guy to do that last night in the in the series finale. But um I guess just start from a, from a, a newsy standpoint. I guess regarding the pitching staff uh, last Tuesday, Evaldo uh, Menez got the news he's moved to the bullpen. Um, I think it's really needs no other explanation other than it's kind of a move that had to be made. Don't you think? Yeah, he pitched his way out of the rotation. I mean, the Orioles gave him every chance it seems, um, and just didn't get it done. Had that. Had that one-third of an inning outing in Toronto, which was kind of the last straw, and so it coincides with Gallardo coming back, who can sort of move into that spot. And I think the Orioles are excited to see what he can do because they feel like his shoulder wasn't completely sound in April when he pitched to a 70 RA. He left that start in Kansas City. He's rehab since, and he's just been unfailingly positive about how he feels, the life on his pitches, and it's different. Uh, to hear Gallardo tell it now for him than it was in April. So I'm very curious to see how he does. I do think we need to give him four or five starts before we pass too much judgment, whether he's really good or not really good at the start. But that could provide the lift the Orioles need, you know, because Wilson and Wright have been inconsistent. Great game uh, last night as we taped this by Tyler. And getting a third rock in there with Gosman and Tillman to provide some consistency would be big, and Gallardo's return could be a, a real lift. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm kind of torn between when you take a look at Gallardo's schedule start Saturday against an offense like Toronto's. Um, obviously, it could end up very poorly. You know, it can get out of hand. Toronto certainly can put up runs by the bunches. But also, I, I kind of like that. You know what? If you're. I think, and I think I might echo these sentiments. Hey, if I'm going to go back out there, why not go up against a really great offense to see, hey, how, how I'm well, doing? Well, if he's yeah. making his pitches, he, he, you can you can make pitches against good hitting teams. I know some fans going into the game with uh, Tyler Wilson against Boston knew he was struggling and said this is just not a good matchup. But when you're on and you're making good pitches and the defense played so exceptional behind him, you can get outs. And, I mean, Gallardo, I think if you look at last year specifically, he – I don't think he gave up a run against Toronto in two starts for Texas. Uh, was it Texas? Yeah, Texas. I think so, yeah. And then in the playoffs, he beat them as well. Right. So he pitched three times against Toronto last year. And I, correct me uh, if I'm wrong here. We could look up the stats. I believe it's something like two runs in maybe 15 or 20 innings, um, counting the regular season and the postseason. So he pitched well against them uh, last year when they outscored everybody by you know plenty of runs. And so... Um, 
I don't think Buck looked to match him up this way. It's just how it fell, how the rehab starts. But as Buck would say, you got to beat them too. You right, can't exactly. be hiding guys. We're not we're not hiding a ten year veteran exactly. from a good team. This guy's been around a little bit. He's not afraid. They might beat him, but it won't be because you know any intimidation factor. Absolutely. And last year, Gallardo he uh, started against Toronto on June twenty seventh. He went eight and a third innings, allowed only three hits, no runs. Uh, was was great in that start, and then um, he started again on August twenty seventh. Again, again five and a third inning, three hits. No, no runs allowed. Um, Here's a note two on those two starts. I'm pretty sure there was not an extra base hit in those two starts. That, that, he gave that, up singles. That very well could be. That's even more impressive. So <laughs> it, it's certainly exciting. Again, uh, we caution fans to don't be so quick to judgment. He's got. He's he'll be back, of course, but that doesn't mean right. he's still working on on getting back to form. And um, I think. I, I wouldn't. Again, we look at you know runs allowed and all, uh, wins and losses are just so overrated. But it's all about, like you said, how he feels about his command with the pitches. And, yeah, and his results were better each start of the rehab, um, and so the last one was the best. He had two starts where he threw 85, 90 pitches, so he's good for a hundred. You don't have to baby him in this start, and you know he's he's back. So let's let's see what it looks like. And he, he, you're right, it's not minor league team he's facing is Toronto we got a guy I say caution to give him four or five starts mm-hmm. I know better that fans will judge him after the first sure. inning or the first start <laughs> of course that's he's back he's is. terrible get rid of him he Absolutely. looks great he'll win the Cy Young depending on how he does of course uh, but um, I think most people will step back and look at a couple weeks worth and say hey you know looks like he's better than he was and he might help us right so I think for the the younger group of the Orioles starting pitchers, Tyler Wilson's, Mike Wright's, the Kevin Gosman's, um, you know, again, they're they're sort of the model of inconsistency. They've kind of struggled for a couple starts, and then they'll come in and have a, a really nice outing. I think in at least Mike Wright's case, um, I, I remember people talking about the fact that when he was on, it's because he's taking every pitch, you know, he's thinking about every pitch, he's putting a lot of, uh, you know, time and energy into each of those pitches and not, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, take, letting a pitch go here or there. And that really can make the difference between an extra batter, an extra right. inning, you know. Um, and so that kind of seemed to be the key for maybe what where his consistencies go. Um, Kevin Gosman obviously struggled uh, a little bit over his last few starts. Um, he had that eight-inning gem against the Yankees back at the beginning of May. Um, and, and, and all the starts since, he, he has uh, allowed at least uh, a one-earned run. Um, is there anything that you see from, from Gosman that he seems to be struggling with? or uh, anything I mean, particular? I see some inconsistent command, and I think that is usually what it is because Tyler Wilson and Kevin Gosman have good enough pitches if sure. they're putting it where they want to get the outs. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw that start out for Gosman the other night in Boston. We're not gonna see many like that from him this year. Uh, it was bad, and it was so unfortunate. Followed up a good one, chance to build momentum in the series, and he couldn't do it. And so, I'm beginning to worry for his sake about the wins part. I mean, it really, you know, he says it's not bothering him, and I'm sure he's trying to not let it bother him. But he's made so many starts, and he doesn't have a win. He can't. Ha- he has to a little. I mean, his ERA was 3.45 going into that last start. Right. I mean, we'll take that. Right. I mean, people acting like Gosman hasn't pitched well. 3.45. Right. Considering the Oriole rotation inconsistency, if you had that times five, you, you could win a lot of games. 
So he's done okay. He just doesn't have a win. So you kind of open one or two starts here. They, they score like four or six early runs for him and, and pull away, and, 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 you know, he can kind of get that win off uh, and get off that schneid, so to speak. Absolutely. And, and uh, as I'm looking at his game logs uh, on baseball reference here, an odd little thing with the exception of, of you know, his last start against the Red Sox and, and um, a start on, uh, on May 31st against Boston, his starts against the American League East seem to put up his best numbers uh, his first start back in April against the Rays, just one one earned run allowed in five innings against the. And both times he's faced the Yankees, uh, he went eight innings pitched and gave up no earned runs on May fifth, and then June fifth he went six more innings, allowed only one run uh, to the Yankees as well, and and then pitched only allowed two earned runs in six and a third innings against Toronto. So for some reason, the, the beast of the East don't seem to to, to worry this guy. Yeah. You know, he comes out and um, and hopefully no, he's we'll been see. he's been good. I mean, he's been good. He has no wins to show for it. The team may even have a losing record in the starts because of a lack of run support many, many nights. Right. So um, I think he's okay. He's doing fine. He'll bounce back from that Boston start. Yeah, Orioles are 4-7 and seven in Gosman's starts this season. So uh, we talked about Gallardo coming back on, on Saturday. Um, a couple of other notes on some other Orioles that are continuing to rehab. Uh, we'll start with J.J. Uh, Hardy. Um, sounds like he's very close. I know he's played a couple games in, in Bowie. Um I know Buck earlier this week said he could come off the disabled list as early as Friday, so today, uh, but he said that's that's JJ's call. Um, right. So obviously it, it's close to uh, him returning, which, again, that could also play into, as I think we've talked about, if Machado does you know, serve that suspension, at least uh, Hardy can come in and fill that void at shortstop, hopefully. Yeah, as we take this, we don't know how that's going to fall. We're getting close to finding out. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess he might need a few more games, and, and it would be prudent to do that. If, if, if there's any thought at all that, you know, maybe I could use a game or two more, why not do it at this point? They've waited this long. Sure. And I think with J.J. physically, I think he's okay. I think he's getting the mental peace of mind going through all the, as he said, I slid the other night, crossed that off the checklist. Um, you know, he felt a little bit of something running. But he told us when I was in Bowie Tuesday, the bone that he fractured is completely healed. No issue whatsoever. The ankle, he feels it a little bit because he didn't use that foot. That foot was in a boot for five weeks. Right. It atrophied, so he's getting it back to shape. He's starting over. So a couple games is kind of fast, although he was doing stuff in Florida before that. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I think he, he swing, his swing is okay. Yeah, I think uh, defensively he's okay. Just running a little bit and feeling that peace of mind that I'm. this has been my rearview mirror. And I think any player who has an injury, there is a mental barrier when you come back, especially a pitcher with an arm injury, to cut it loose and just say, "There's not going to be, I'm not going to feel that again." Of course. And I could, we all could relate to that. If we've all had any injury on our body, when you take that first step after you've hurt your foot, who, how's that going to feel? You know, you want to see. And so, and these guys are doing it at the highest level. So, uh, it would be a great to have JJ back as soon as possible. The Orioles will love it. I think the best news is he'll probably be back before Tuesday when the suspension is heard. So when Manny misses time, J.J. will be back by then, Correct. which will be good. The Orioles were hoping for that. And that's the ideal situation given the circumstances. Yeah. And now, again, I'm not a doctor. I only play one on TV, but it, I feel like when a bone fracture uh, may be a little less likely to re-aggravate than a muscle that was torn or ligaments where, you know, there's that option. Right. So that, that's another right. added it's comfort fixed. coming you back. You have the confidence you know, feel. It, that's healed. That that's, is nice. That's fixed. It's it's good. And so it was more the ankle and the joints. 
you know, planting and running. And he said, I, th- I feel like I'm to have a little bit of a limp. He didn't really, he looked like he, he didn't look like he had one when I saw him play Tuesday night. And so uh, I think it's just three games is quick. But, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get in that clubhouse in a few minutes and he'll be in there ready to go. Absolutely. That'd be nice. Um, in the meantime, uh, Caleb Joseph, Darren O'Day, again, they're still working. Uh, I think Joseph is. I thought I saw the 27th is, is kind of the date that they're circling around to, to maybe have him back um, behind the plate. I know, again, it's uh, right. not the worst injury from a discomfort standpoint maybe that you could think yeah. of to have to rehab from, but I think he's making his progress uh, and O'Day a little bit more slowly, but, again, he's moving along too. So Yeah, that's right. Darren O'Day told us in Toronto at that point he wasn't doing baseball activities, so really it has come slow, uh, and he had the PRP injection, so you take some time for that too. Uh, so... He, he's not ready yet. It's right. going to be a little while. Whether a while means one week, three weeks, we just don't know that. And uh, Caleb, it's good. it was good to see him out on the field playing catch and buoy the other day. Uh, he's going to DH some for Frederick. And, you know, by the time he gets to late this month when he can actually catch, he'll probably feel like he's in midseason form because he's doing everything but that. Right. In fact, he's even apparently going to catch some bullpens before he catches in a game. Okay. And so that'll be the last step to come. And then uh, God, there's got to be a mental hurdle there sure. for Caleb, that first ball that bounces or that tip or the new protective cup. I think the whole, is it gonna, all the guys it, in the in a state he might do a little seat yeah, adjustment. I mean, that there, there's there's obvious obvious things there that, that he's going to have to overcome, and uh, knowing him as long as I have, I have no doubt he will. Absolutely. Um, and let's see. And we talked about Joseph. You know, I I know you and O'Day in both cases. You you mention all the time when it comes to a guy rehabbing, to it's better to take those few extra days and make sure that they're properly Probably here, so, they're ready yeah. to come back. And I'd say especially with O'Day, as the season goes on, pitching of course is the importance goes up and up. Uh, you mentioned right. earlier in the broadcast that if a, if a hitter's got his best stuff going and a pitcher's got his best stuff going, most of the time, the pitcher's probably going to win out. You know, they always say great pitching ends up yeah. overriding a great, can cool a hitting, a great hitting team. So I think it's, even if O'Day takes a little while to come back, it's good to make sure that he comes back 100%. Well, and, and, and think of as a relief pitcher, it's easier to build up because you're not building up to 100 pitches. You're building up to 15 or 20. Correct. And I mean, they can even do simulated games for him. They can do ways to get him out there, face some hitters, and he could come quick. Once he can pitch, the whole thing is uh, with the hammy is the leg, how he throws his delivery, depends on that leg a lot. And so once that feels okay, getting a couple innings for him will be no problem, whether it's a minor league game or bad live BP or something. And then uh, it shouldn't take long for him. Great, great. Um, so let's switch over to the offensive side of things. Um, I think Adam Jones, he, he seems to be the guy that, uh, boy, as soon as it, it's gotten a little warmer out, he has really turned up the heat. He has, since in the month of June, he's played in 15 games and he has hits in 12 of them. Uh, he's got eight home runs in June. Compare that to only four in May and one in April. So um, yeah. he's definitely he's raised his slugging percentage, his batting average. All the numbers are up. Um, I, I mean, I know he's getting a little more seasoned, uh, you know, up in age there, but he's still obviously got a lot of talent. Um I'm not so sure that it, it just took him this long to get started in the season. I, I don't think that's the case, but it's certainly nice to see him, uh, you know, swinging the bat well lately. Right. I mean, they're they're not they're not robots. They're humans, and there's going to be fluctuations in their play. And you know, he was probably beat up a little bit early in the year, had right. some nagging things, and we know he missed some games. So 
one scout told me the other day, he watched him in recent games, and he said he's on the curveball. And he said, when I see Jones on the curveball to this extent, I see a hot streak coming. And he, he called it. Uh, this was a week or two ago the scout said this to me. And so he's he's hit a bunch of home. I think he's hit eight and 14 games, something like that, right. four in his last four. Uh, so welcome sight to see. And, and even I've noticed um, – not every time he leads off a game, but several times he works the count deep. Right, and that's he, a big for him. That's it's like Brian Roberts that. is back in the lineup. <laughs> he used to swing away up there. That's a, that's a big And he's not going to do that every bat-bat because that's not who he is. Right. But he might – There's for that first at-bat sometimes. He's a six or eight or ten-pitch sequence. Um, and it's kind of almost like he says, I'm going to – you know, I'm the leadoff hitter of the game. This is what I should do. Now, the other night, he hacked the first pitch. Oh, it was a good pitch. He old habits die hard. <laughs> he just didn't get it. So right. sometimes if it's a pitch you can drill, you got to go get it. Right. So um, he's done well there, and it's good to have him pr- being productive. And you like him in the leadoff spot? For now, that's no reason to change anything. Right. You have Manny at third. You have Davis. Maybe during Manny's suspension, they jockey jostle, jostle, around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, – they're just as Bucks as there's not a lot of prototypical leadoff hitters. The Orioles aren't missing out by not having a Brian Roberts type right now. Right. Because few teams have a Brian Roberts type right now. And so that'd be great. Uh, if Dexter Fowler were here, it'd be great that he's batting, but he's not. So we've long since forgotten about that. And this is their offense is, is plenty good enough and with Jones hitting first, third, fifth, wherever. Yeah, it, it is. Obviously, the... the, the the responsibility of the leadoff guy is to you know stretch the pitch count and just get an idea and hopefully get on base. But it is nice to have some power. Usually, leadoff guys are not the power is not associated with them, so right. it is nice to have that. You kind of look of it as an added bonus, even though again he he'll still go up and and hack away some pitches from time to time. But that, that's, that's, that's okay. That comes is. with so the power. You know, that's, people just gotta get used to that. Absolutely. And Bautista's hit leadoff for Toronto a lot lately, so. It's just Ken Singleton did it at one time for the Orioles, uh, Marcakis. So this is where they're at, and it's okay. Right. And I, I always like to – I think one of the big underrated things, and, and it's becoming less of an underrated thing as we talk about it more and, and more highlights are shown on TV, but um, the Orioles, ever since Buck's been in town um, – as manager, they put a lot of emphasis on fielding. Uh, they're one of the, the best fielding teams every year. It seems very uncharacteristic. Every time I see a box score and there's an error or multiple errors, I always kind of go, "Man, that, that's a, a little strange." Because you're just so used to them, um, right. you know, committing these uh, these perfect games out out in the field. And um, on last night and the series finale against Boston, again, I just. It's so nice to see. You had Joey Rickard. You had Nolan Reimold. You had Paul Yanish, who we don't get to talk about too much, but he made a sensational play at third base. Sensational play. Um, you know, and, and it, those are almost a shame because they don't still show up in the stat sheet. You know, they don't they don't uh, not reflect in any category other than in fielding percentage. You know, but right. um, they save runs and they win ball games with with, yeah. with, with defensive plays like that. I, I'm not a big fan of the defensive metrics. I don't even really know how most of them work. But if there's the, the, there's a stat called defensive runs saved, and I would like to see how the Orioles scored last night right. because they made some plays. And so I think it was tied to Tyler's pitching. The tempo was good. He doesn't walk guys. He's around the plate. He works fast. And so if you got that good tempo going fielders are on their toes they're in the game uh they're not sitting around through he always walked this guy wild pitch here high and outside they're just uh the tempo was good and it kind of goes hand in hand and we ran a stat the other day where the Oriole pitchers now have 10 errors which is as many as they had all of last year and they did that in about 60 some games as opposed to 162 
that's really factored in and hurt the defensive overall team statistics. Right. Tyler Wilson himself, who's probably the best fielding pitcher they had, has three. And it's just how it worked out. He's made some poor plays. He knows it. And others have two errors there, so the pitchers have a, a lot of errors that's hurt the team. But we know this is a good fielding team. And, and give give them a chance to make plays, as Tyler Wilson did on uh, Thursday night. They will do it. Right. And, and again, the, the fielding errors from from pitchers again that could be pickoff throws at first or uh you know trying to pick up a field a bunt too quickly yeah, so it, a lot have been throwovers to first absolutely so uh, we'll see how that goes so steve i know you're running a little short on time today so we're gonna we're gonna um wrap up this podcast here uh, a little short today so just to the orioles are in for a homestand again they got they got three against the jays uh then they take that that rain day they go uh, to texas for that I monday know. night game so yeah. a little bit of a I'm, I'm sure i know they're really probably steaming about that because they would have enjoyed the off day there um, exactly. but then they'll, they'll they'll fly back host the padres who the orioles don't see very often and fans no. at camden yard some fans may have never seen the they'll padres twice in, play, in a couple so, weeks yeah, so that'll be nice and then um four against the rays uh so again it seems like man again that's the way the schedule is they're always playing somebody from the al east it seems like yeah. So always a chance to, to so it, separate. It's an interesting week. And, um, you know, I wrote this morning I'm speculating and asking the question, or have the Jays become the biggest threat to the Orioles to win the division? Uh, they're two games out as we tape this. Boston's won. The Orioles are on top. Toronto is 12-2 and two in their last 14 AL East games. They're something like 18-9 and nine overall. They're making their move. The Orioles saw that firsthand. Right. Okay, they're pitching. Is they're starting pitching? Sanchez has been good. Stroman. Right. They've got some Jay guys Hap who can. Who can Hap has been good, and the bullpen has not. So the Blue Jays are definitely, in my opinion, maybe the team to to that will be the toughest out over the next 100 games. So to me, it would be big for the Orioles to win the series this weekend. Reestablish that they can beat Toronto because Boston got all this hype, how good they are, how good their young talent is. The Red Sox are four and six against the Orioles. They've played three series, they've won zero. Right. So for all this two talk, in Boston. Two, two in, in Boston. Boston. All this hype about the Red Sox, and I respect that they're well, how they're good they are. They're still good. They're yeah. four and six against the Orioles. So let's remember that. Head to head, the Orioles have more than held their own when it looked like it was going to be a disaster starting that four game series in Baltimore a couple weeks ago. Right. So now they got to see, if, you know, let's hold their own against Toronto, which they did last weekend. They lost two a three by one run. Right. And um, I just think the Blue Jays are putting the gas pedal down now, the pedal to the metal, and it'll be a fun weekend. Well, it's interesting to see a little bit of the contrast, too, because both teams have very good offenses. The Jays have great starting rotation. Bullpen has some questions. The Orioles, it's kind of the opposite. Their starting rotation has questions. The bullpen is one of the best. Right. So it is kind of uh, nice to see which and the which Blue Jays works out. Their rotation has been better than people thought, and their offense not quite as good as people thought. Uh, they were expected to just run away of scoring more runs than everybody, which they haven't. Yeah, their team um, average is, is in the lower they're near half the of the bottom. league, I think. Yeah, they're in the lower. They're near the bottom in team batting average. A very much a lot of power laden team as we've seen. Russell Martin's hitting well now, and Carnacion tore the Orioles up. Batista seems to always right. tear the Orioles up. So the Orioles know what they got in the Blue Jays, right. and I just think uh, ball, I, and. If you look at the top three right now, this is the only division, the AL East, with three teams playing 550 or better. All of a sudden, the East is a beast again. Right. No division has a third-place team with as good a record as Toronto currently. 
and there's three teams within two games. Right. And so I got a feeling it's going to be like this for the next 100. And and remember that, fans, when you're looking at the, all the division leaders and you say, well, the Orioles don't have as good a record as most of the other division leaders, take a look at the rest of the teams in that division. As you mentioned, right. there's a big reason why. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you win the division by one game or 11 games. You make it in the playoffs, and I tell you, that tough competition will probably serve you better off when it comes October time. Yeah, I think so. That, you know? I think so. It's fun. It's a good division. I'm the, I have said many times on this podcast, I'm not writing off the Rays or the Yankees either. They're close enough. They're hanging around. There's 100 games to go. And so... We're in for a fun summer. Absolutely. So, Steve, that's all I think we got for today. Enjoy the homestand fans, and we'll see you uh, next week on Yard Work.